0: Welcome to the Soulful Sound Podcast. This podcast is about celebrating the leaders, teachers, and coaches who guide fellow humans to connect, heal, and discover themselves so they can express their gifts into the world. I am Simone Niles, a coach, sound healer, vocalist, and author. Thank you for being here with me today. I am so excited to have the wonderful Monica Douglas with me today for this soulful sound conversation. Thank you so much for joining me. I want to introduce you to my guest, Monica Douglas helps courageous people transform pain into power after loss or life challenge so they can reclaim their freedom, restore vitality and live life purposefully. Yummy I absolutely love, love that and want to know more about the work that you're doing and how you're serving in this way. Transforming pain into power is powerful. So talk to me about that and what you do.
1: Yeah. So what's really important for me, uh, first up, Simone, is to really give thanks on all levels, body, heart, mind, soul, and spirit, for you inviting me to this conversation. Um. Yeah, for me this whole idea of transforming pain into power is by recognizing that that which we go through mm-hmm. which is either that which is truly painful, discomfort, uh, uncomfortable yes. um that takes us off where we thought we were going going off track mm-hmm. are often the moments where we really have an opportunity to Feel into our fullness, feel into our power, mm. and express our true selves. So this is why the invitation is for the courageous. It's always the brave and the courageous that work with me right. Right. to actually allow themselves to go to those places. Yeah, and and reclaim their energy and their power from them.
0: Yeah, I think it's it's very good for you to make that distinction that mm. you work with courageous people. Um, that uh, implies that the work um, that that lies ahead is not easy. It's not for the faint-hearted, no. and of course, there are many people out there who may not be ready. But there are ways in which they can build up to that courage, so that they are ready and willing to kind of just step into the experience of reclaiming their power, which is which is wonderful. Yeah. And you spoke about uh, after loss or life challenge. So I know that you work a lot around the area of grief. I'd love to know more about that and your approach and how you help people in those instances specifically.
1: Yeah. So what I really am interested in is us reclaiming grief Mm -hmm. as a natural process, one that when we allow ourselves to flow through it in the way that is appropriate for us, that it has gifts within it. Now, I feel that, you know, as I'm I'm an interfaith minister, so um, that means I work with people of any faith or none, holding safe sacred spaces, either for ceremony and ritual or spiritual counselling. So as part of that work, when when we go into a process of grief, and this isn't only about bereavement, it's about life is a series of losses. Yes. Right. We're moving through yes. life. And from the moment we, we breathe, the moment we're born, actually, we've lost the status of being in the womb. Yeah. Right. And then as we grow, every iteration that we had before us has to be let go of. Mm-hmm. And there's a process of grieving for all that we let go of. Most people, as I say, we, we associate grief only with death. Yeah. But actually, no my um experience of working people with people is that there's a lot of unresolved grief in us mm-hmm. for that which has gone before that we've not recognized
0: yeah and i th- i just i'm so glad that you brought that to the 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 table because i i do think that it is perceived as death is the grieving process and i know from my own experience um this is I don't want to say that I had to grieve this in a huge way, but I would call it that, that, that of a feeling of loss. So there was a a moment of that in, in my career when all I ever wanted to do from the age of seven was sing. And I knew that I would be a singer. There was no, no, there was no question about it. Mm. And all the choices that I made in life, um, you know, led towards that, um, outcome. And I manifested that, which I felt I was born to do. Um, and then I remembered uh, coming across the life coaching transform and, and transformative and NLP and all of these different things that really just lit me up. And I felt that I knew there was some more to come and, and more to do than the sound healing and, and, and working in the shamanic practices. It's just so many things have changed. But I remembered when I came to a point of, oh, I might be going down this path. It felt. I felt like, first of all, I was cheating on music mm. because that was the affair and the relationship that I've had my whole life. And then there was a a releasing and letting go of a certain part or a certain way of expressing myself. So I'm still very much a part of the music industry and I work a lot and love the parts that I'm involved with, with every part of me. But there was a part of me that that had to grieve and let go of my, I want to say, expectations of what I thought that should be. That's the path that I knew I wanted. So now I'm varying what's going on. Mm. And that was a very interesting, uh, I would say... Um, acknowledgement for myself when I thought this, I do need to release this and let it go. Yeah. Um, and in doing so there were so many beautiful uh, repercussions and, you know, ripple effects that happened in acknowledging it first and foremost, and then releasing parts that were no longer serving me. So in the grand scheme of it, it's not a total in its entirety losses and I didn't lose music and I'm very grateful but i was very much aware that there were parts that needed to be let go. Yeah. I needed
1: to just relinquish that and and allow myself to shift. Yeah. Well there was an old else. agreement, right? That's the old right. agreement was i'm a singer. Yes, right? And it's not even i work as a singer. It's i am a singer. Mm-hmm. Right? Definitely. And at the at the deepest level of identity. And when you shift out of an old identity, who am I now?
0: Yeah.
1: Right? Yeah, yeah. Um, And that's why you had to go through a process of acknowledging where you were, who you were then, Mm -hmm. acknowledging the big and painful emotions that come with letting go of of who you were, Mm. and then a process of welcoming in
0: something something new. Mm -hmm.
1: And while acknowledging all that being a singer has brought you.
0: Yeah, because I still see myself and identify as a singer. But what has changed is I've changed the the modality of expressing it, and I've I like to think of it as shedding my skin. Yeah, and and that's what that experience felt like for me, and it's it's been wonderful um, to be able to reflect on it with that um, understanding of grief, you know, grieving and letting go and some sense of loss, which you don't always think about in the moment. Certainly it's not conscious. Yeah. So it's really takes some self-awareness.
1: Definitely. I do a process with people called um, counting your losses, Mm. which is a blend of counting your blessings and cutting your losses. Right. (laughs) Right. I love that. (laughs) So we go through an A to Z of losses, right? So it could be assets right at the top. And, you know, then we talk about things like, um, you know, yes, bereavement, it could be child loss, it could be um, divorce, it could be um, all sorts of things going through. Um, It could be the job, the redundancy, you know, a lot of people are looking at that. What does it mean to be Mm. not employed or employed? Yes. Um, And we look through the whole range of losses that you can have in your life and whether there are any residual emotions around any of those mm-hmm. and usually it's the small ones that people didn't realize like oh my gosh you know when I when I was sacked mm-hmm. you know so thought somebody will say when I was sacked you know and I got a job straight away but I didn't realize the impact that it had actually had on yes. my sense of self my sense of self-worth who i was that was that was the only job i had you know Mm. and and then to acknowledge okay there is a sense of loss and there is some grieving that needs to be done for this yes and what are the emotions that have been coming up
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and actually what could i do Mm. what are the old agreements that i had with myself or others that need to be now shifted
0: yes yes
1: um is there something i need to do still Mm -hmm. To reclaim my energy and power from that
0: Yes I love that And do you work in this Because you mentioned a few of the things that you do Do you work with a specific modality With regards to helping people reclaim their energy You mentioned the word ritual So is there a school of thought That you feel like you, you work very well in
1: so for me, I have a very synergistic approach. So it's body, heart, mind, soul, and environment. Mm-hmm. So there'll be a number of modalities that I will bring to that. So over the last 20 plus years of doing this work, yes. there are a number of things that I will bring into play. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it could be something that's working energetically or physically on the body.
0: Yes.
1: Some yoga practices, some breath work, mm-hmm. some nature based practices mm-hmm. that really, or dance that get people back into the body.
0: Yes.
1: Um, if we're looking at the heart and the mind, we'll be doing mindfulness work. We'll be doing some counselling, some coaching, mm-hmm. some mentoring. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I I have a I have a real thing about the emotional aspects of ourselves and how we delve deeper into emotion. Mm. So I'm I'm an emotion code practitioner. So you know, although it's not the it's not the modalities that really matter. Of course. It's the impact that mm-hmm. they have. So how do we shift through emotion? Mm-hmm. How do we work through them in a way that's going to allow us to release yeah. that energy and power? And then as an interfaith minister and spiritual counsellor, working with spirit and soul and ceremony and ritual in whatever way will suit somebody. But I, I, I believe um, that our ability to work with ritual and ceremony. You know, people spend a lot of time planning their weddings, right? Yes. They don't spend so much time planning the divorce. Yes. And and thinking about the ritual of uncoupling, which we'll talk about later. So, yeah. so for me, mind, body, heart. Yeah. Spirit.
0: Yes, I love that. I think it is very, um, it is key, as you say, the amount of, effort and time that we put into the ceremony or ritual of coming together. Um, and coming, um, and not necessarily that it's a negative thing, but certainly moving apart um, can be something that is left un I don't know, left to its own devices, maybe is the is the phrase that wants to come forward right now. And I think that, you know, we don't we no one would just do that for their wedding. Let's just see what happens. You know, people plan things so much in advance with that. That it is really interesting. And I mean, I'm happy to talk about that now. It's, it's, it's fascinating to me. Um, the amount of people, and I know that it's become in some places, it started to become a thing, a fad about this, you know, divorce party or things like that. And people, some, it works for some people. It doesn't for others, of course. But I personally can acknowledge that I can see the benefits mm-hmm. of separating in ritual, separating in ceremony. I mean, a lot of the work that we do in, in the shamanic practice, we have a particular um, ritual that's called energy release. Mm-hmm. And that is about releasing the energy of people who've been in your life, whether it's in past relationships, that being of um, husband, wife, or partner, or perhaps passed on loved ones, things like that, where you can release the energy that might still be you know, maybe blocking or holding you back from fully freeing and living in that space. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I don't hear that much about those things outside of it. So I would really be interested to speak about the conscious uncoupling um, and being able to, how do you help people do that? And I want to know about your own experience and how, just talk to me about it. It's very fascinating. Okay.
1: So I want to bring in some context to this. Yes. Because... um, some people go, well, it doesn't apply to me because, <laughs> you know, I've not been married or it doesn't apply to me because, mm-hmm. um, uh, yeah, you know, we just move on, don't we? I want to bring the context of young people growing up and the, the fact that there's a lot of young people who um, grow up and they're you know, the blended family is very common now. Yes. So it means that most young people are witnessing relationships ending. Yeah. And usually of their primary carers. Mm -hmm. And the the seed that was planted in me that made this seem more powerful and useful for me to go into, and I'll talk about my later story, but as a child Mm -hmm. of divorced parents who didn't uncouple well. Right. Right. And the impact that that has on the the children Mm -hmm. the siblings Mm -hmm. and what they then choose to do with their relationships yes and I wanted to set that as the context because I think that it's really important for people to go that when we um and it's not only the children it can also be the extended family and the community yeah and the impact of a breaking of a relationship has a wider impact than on those two individuals. Of course, so I really yeah. just wanted to set that context for our discussion because people might be thinking it doesn't impact on me. Mm-hmm. But if you are witnessing people um, breaking up and separating and divorcing, of then course. you're part of the process. And yeah. we're, all, we're all part of that process. Exactly. Mm. Um, so as a, a, a conscious uncoupling coach, um, I work with people to help them to move through either existing relationship breakups Uh or ones that they've had before that have had an impact on them. Right, okay. So it's a well-established process um, created by my teacher, Catherine Woodward Thomas, and it's very deeply um, structured, clear, and well thought out in that you go through a process of really honoring the emotions. Mm. So it's the first step is really finding emotional freedom. So I've talked a lot about emotions, right? So those big, hairy, overwhelming emotions that come from the breaking of a relationship. Mm -hmm. And the first thing is to be able to sit and acknowledge the impact that it has. Yeah. And that's for you and for those around you. Mm-hmm. And to, you know, this can take a, a while because we're generally avoidant of the deep and the painful emotions mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or overwhelmed by them, unable to do anything about it. Yeah. So the first step is like, what is here? What's here in the field? What's here in the body? How is this impacting? And it's kind of radical honesty. Mm. Not only honesty for ourselves, but when we look outside to the others. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And so what I think is interesting there is um, you speak about the, Impact upon those outside of the, you know, outside of that split, yeah. whatever it may be, and because I know that everyone um, will have experienced in their own way some version of this, either either for themselves or as children with parents, etc. Mm-hmm. As we know, this is a very common thing. Yeah. Um, what are some of the first steps uh, that people can do for themselves? You know, if anyone is listening now and they're going through it, do you have any kind of first pointers on that very first step that you mentioned, acknowledging that, that emotion, that's that pain, that whatever you want to label it. What are some of the first things that they could start to consider in the moment of I've just split up or I'm about to split up or my parents have split up or I know that parents and children or adults and children might have a different um, response, but just curious to some of those first pointers that people can look at?
1: Yeah, the first pointer is to find a space of sanctuary mm-hmm. where you can actually feel safe. To actually start to feel mm-hmm. feel consciously yeah and there's a practice that we teach which is called the inner sanctuary practice where we're really just sitting and listening to what I'm, what am I feeling yeah yeah what am I feeling and allowing the allowing ourselves to name the emotions
0: mm-hmm.
1: and it's amazing how powerful this process is
0: yeah
1: just naming what's it oh I'm this I can see angry. I'm feeling angry.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and then mirroring that back. So it's like we need to feel heard. Yeah. And the first person that can hear us is ourselves. Mm-hmm. And because when we can hear ourselves and we can feel what we can feel, then we can articulate what our needs are. Yeah. So the first point is, what am I feeling?
0: Mm-hmm. And, you know, when I, this is something that I, that I got from my mom and I actually, I did a, a workshop yesterday on using sound or sounding to overcome um, personal challenges. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I talk a lot about when it comes to emotion, um, and this is something again, that I, as I say, I got from my mom is that emotion is energy in motion. Mm-hmm. So emotion. And which is why I feel, um, as you say, coming to a place of acknowledgement is is potentially um, very helpful at the start because sometimes we don't quite know what's going on and it just feels like a big um, energetic collage of lots of different things that you don't know. And when you're not able to, not necessarily label it, but get in touch and find whatever that right label is for you, whatever you want to call it, without judgment, then a lot of times things can be swept under the carpet. So we were talking about this in my workshop yesterday where I said, let's imagine that your emotions, we have all of them and we have no judgment Mm -hmm. on whether they're feeling angry is a bad thing because we hear a lot of this, but I know Even though I would say that in my life, I'm not, I have not experienced a lot of anger. I've certainly experienced a lot of other things, but anger isn't a bad thing. It's how it's transmuted and how it's used. It can ignite change. It can do a lot of stuff. Yeah. Um, And so without labeling them as positive and negative, but acknowledging what it is that you're feeling and realizing that that is a, uh, I would say a cluster of energy that's moving in a particular way in you that when you have a sense of what that is, then there is then movement. Yeah. There is movement, energy in motion.
1: Energy in motion. I yeah. agree completely. That's when, the, when I um, talk about transforming pain into power, that's exactly mm-hmm. it, right? Mm-hmm. So what, that which constricts us and stops us or that which is trapped in our field, yes. right? When we see it, oh, it's there. We acknowledge it. We get the learning from it. Yeah energy is released and it's it's ours again right it's Mm -hmm. not locked away Mm -hmm. in a space that we don't want to look at and as you say um an emotion itself is neither good or bad yes anger is a great example anger often is an indicator that we have a boundary that's just been overstepped yes so what's the boundary And are we articulating to whoever needs to have it articulated what that boundary is? Yes. And are we doing that effectively or not? Mm -hmm. Right?
0: I love that very practical, um, I suppose, description of it. It's like anger is often because you've stepped over the line. So how do I articulate and speak to you and express myself so that you don't step over that line? Yeah. Yeah. Or in your own self-reflection, is that boundary helpful for me? Mm. Because I obviously, it is important to have boundaries. I talk about this myself quite a lot. Mm. I had to learn how to to really um, stick with the boundaries that I've put in place, which I, you know, over the years, it's just become like, why did I not have these in place (laughs) way back? But you learn and you grow. But certainly the importance of that, but equally Um, I want to know your thoughts on, certainly whether it's clients that you've worked with or from personal experience, about those boundaries where uh, it's about protecting yourself from something that may not be real, as opposed to, this is a healthy boundary. This is what I will accept in my life, and I'm not willing to accept in my life, and therefore, you will not cross this line.
1: Okay. So this feeds into the second point, which is really about... um, so we've talked about you know finding emotional freedom our second piece is reclaiming your power and your life right yeah so this boundary piece <laughs> is is really clear and and also about actually owning our three percent in the issue so often we try and project to everybody else that it's it, well it's their fault Mm. But where the where the gift really is and where the power really li- lies in recognizing our part. Mm-hmm. Okay.
0: Can I just quickly ask you? You said the three mm-hmm. percent. Is that specific for you? Is there so, a reason so, you say that? So three
1: percent is like mm, there's got to be at least three percent here, right? So for anybody who's going, it's all about them. Right. It's like you sure there's not at just least three percent? Right. Gotcha. Okay. <laughs> yes. Like. It, the 3% could be you ignored the red flags when you were dating. Mm. Yeah. Right? Yeah. The, as you said about the boundary, there might be part of us that also has a belief about ourselves and the world mm-hmm. and others where we've actually set an inappropriate boundary mm. that actually is not protecting us or, or it's not doing its job now. Mm. Or it's not appropriate, or it it blocks out the good. Yeah, what's an example of that? Um, So, say somebody might have a belief that... Somebody might have a belief that they are... They're innately unlovable. Right? Mm. So they might set a boundary out here that... um, that blocks all the people that might want to love them, mm-hmm. but lets in all the people who would want to actually confirm to them that they're innately unlovable.
0: Yeah. Yes.
1: right. We've all got a friend who does that, right?
0: Yeah. I wanted to bring that example in because you've given so many practical examples yeah. of the other side. So this is great because yes, people can relate to this. People can relate to that. Yeah. I don't believe I'm worthy of this. And then therefore that is what you manifest or that is that is the paradigm in which you
1: operate. then
0: operate. Yeah. And so this is a really important uh, distinction. And I love that you are speaking to both sides so yeah. that people may be able to recognize them, themselves in it. And then, as you said, coming into that, finding that um, sanctuary, finding that whether it is that First and foremost, you speak to yourself and you, you listen deeply to your own needs and or perhaps reaching out to friends, people you trust, family, parents or whoever might be in your circle that could help you identify and and acknowledge what you're feeling and going through. So very, really, really practical, yummy stuff here. Talk to me more about when you say conscious uncoupling. Yes. Um, talk to me about that. How How is that? Um, have you had any experience of conscious uncoupling in your life? And how have you managed to work through that?
1: Yes. Yeah, so the reason why I came to conscious uncoupling okay. was that I was in the process of uncoupling from a 27 year relationship. Wow. Okay. So one that um, was incredibly powerful and loving and connected relationship, but had on its course. Mm-hmm. So if you can imagine that wasn't an easy decision to make. Of course. And I wanted to do it in a way that would honor the relationship and all of the good mm. and enable me to be really clear about the, the stage of life that I'm in now Yes. and the, the stage of life my former husband was in Yes. and allow us to move forward. Mm. So I came to the process of con- conscious uncoupling as we were going, okay, how do we navigate this? Mm. I don't choose to specifically talk about the implications of that in our relationship publicly mm-hmm. because that's one of the agreements that I have with him. Yeah, that's All process. I can say yes. is that for me, mm. the two and a half years of doing that work, mm. including training in it, have been so healing, Beautiful. so powerful. And enabled me to move through what has, I I can say, has been one of the most difficult stages of my life Mm. in a way where I now feel whole, free, and able to honor my former husband and our relationship.
0: That is beautiful. That is beautiful, yeah. and that's you. That is, as you say, going through that pain yeah. to reclaim your power, because we know it's not. Oh yeah, no, you know, twenty-seven years. It was like we were fine. No, we no, just no, came no, to no. the end, and yeah, uh, <laughs> we just thought, yeah, that's cool. That's. It. And I'm not to say that that doesn't happen for some people, but I completely understand and can can completely appreciate the journey and the process. Oh, yeah. That you have gone through, and I'm sure will continue to go through as you continue to heal, and he does. And I think how wonderful that you can, after 27 years and going separate ways, have such um, love, respect, and honoring in 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 your space and in your heart for that. Because we know a lot of relationships break down, and they're not always um, they're not always a pleasant ending. Yeah very often, perhaps more so the other way around. Um, And I think that when you take that responsibility for yourself in choosing your own healing process and how you release and let go for your good, for your highest good, I think that's wonderful. And I love that you, obviously we can all train in many things, but I love how you say that you the, the doing and going through it yourself and then training in it was part of the healing process Definitely. because I find often what I've noticed in people that I've worked with, including my own experiences, is that we, we do and give a lot of what we need and you know we we speak about this as a as um in one of the podcast episodes I did recently we talk about that um often when you're teaching or you're coaching or you're having conversations with clients and in your mind is like wow I needed to hear that <laughs> I really needed to tell myself that and I love that reflection and the the catalyst of um, of the other, that sometimes then allows us to look within and and go into that deep space of healing yeah. that is needed. So um, I'm thank you for sharing that. I, I know it can it's not an an easy thing to talk about, but I really appreciate that because I think it's important for people to be aware of what is possible.
1: Definitely, and I think it is really it's really important to talk about it. Yes, and to do, to talk about it in a way that is honoring and respectful Mm -hmm. and also that is transformational for others because I think it's really important for people to know that it is possible to move through the process so whether your partner comes with you or not doesn't matter yeah actually Mm -hmm. it's an internal process yes yeah so I think it's really important to say that conscious uncoupling is not um it's not couples counseling so no. you don't necessarily do it to you don't necessarily do it together at all no. and if you are doing it as a couple your partner is doing it separately to you and then there's times when you come together mm-hmm. at the end so we've talked about the first three stages yeah. of conscious uncoupling we've talked about finding emotional freedom we've talked about reclaiming your power in your life um the the third part is this breaking of the pattern so we might as I said we we look at what are our core beliefs about ourselves yeah that have have been illuminated by this process so separating breaking up divorcing from someone is a really powerful opportunity to look at who am I you know mm-hmm. we started the conversation about what happens when our identity, identity yes. shifts yes yeah so if we've got an identity of i am so and so's partner and we're no longer that
0: mm-hmm. what does that mean mm-hmm.
1: and what what do we believe about ourselves after going through that process yes um and who are we now
0: mm. well i um I mean, gosh, I I talk about my mom a lot when I talk in these podcasts because a lot of things that she's passed on, I'm so grateful for. Mm. Um, But often if I introduce my husband, you know, I say, oh, this is Rafan, meet my other hole. And people get taken Mm. aback initially because it's very common to hear, oh, this is my other half. And it's not something that I relate to. We have this conversation Mm. uh, And I understand that this is very common and people like to say it and to each his own. Um, but it implies then of course that you're one half and I'm one half, and then we come together and make a whole. And one of the things growing up that my mum said is like, if you go into relationships like that, think of a three legged race.
1: Hello. Yep. Right. Mm-hmm.
0: And so the minute one falls, the other one topples over as well.
1: Mm-hmm. She said,
0: it's better that you walk arm in arm, two strong legs on the ground and decide to walk in the same direction sturdily. Than relying on the other person in in that way, that means that, okay, they're gone. So who am I? As you say, now I completely understand that this way of thinking may go against the grain for a lot of people, but I hands up, do not belong to anyone and no one belongs to me. That includes my husband. That includes my children who are my children. Yeah. They have come through me. I am so grateful to be their their mother, but they are not mine. Yeah, I have a huge responsibility as a mother and a parent to guide them through their human experience as my parents have guided and done their best to guide me through mine so far. Mm-hmm. But they are their own beings, their own souls, their own energy, their own spirit, their own body, their own mind. And that's that is as far as it goes in terms of them being my children
1: yeah well your you m- mother's a very wise woman clearly well she because is that, you that know what? whole piece yes. about coming together as wholes yes i'm a whole person choosing choosing to be in partnership in connection in love with you mm. really really powerful yeah you know.
0: But let's be real about that, because I understand that. I can speak to you wholeheartedly about it with the, the passion of which it is felt and meant. However, I have had experiences, of course, like anyone <laughs> else, as I work on my own self and my doing yep. my own inner reflection and work where relationships have not always been that. Yeah, of course. And so... It's great because that's how I can recognize the difference. You know, I can say right now, um, the relationship that I have with my husband going on 19 years this month actually mm. has been a, a long process of growing. But that entry into for both of us, yep. that was very clear at the beginning. That was very clear at the beginning. So I'm very grateful for the experiences I've had in relationships before to know what. This isn't. Yes. Or what I don't want it, no longer want it
1: to be, perhaps. Mm -hmm. So this is the power of doing this work. Mm -hmm. So again, if you've come out of a relationship and you're wanting to embark on something new, how better to do the work before you choose to go into another relationship and repeat the same issues. Yes. Yes. So that's why when you consciously uncouple, Mm -hmm. one of the... Um, one of the benefits of doing the work is that you become really clear about, actually, what did I I need to learn? Yeah. And what is it that I am now committing to doing or not doing in the next relationship? Mm. You know, because a lot of people shut down and go, okay, I'm done with that. I'm done with relating with other people. Yes. And this is about regaining trust in who you are, your awareness, your mm-hmm. level of discernment.
0: Yes. So yes.
1: then you can choose mm. and you will notice yeah. what works. So you, as you said, you came from other relationships in the past mm-hmm. where it hadn't been such. And then when you chose to connect again, you did that very consciously. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely.
0: Thank goodness for learning and growing and falling <laughs> down and making mistakes, <laughs> which I absolutely i am all about. Make them, make them, make them, and then stand back up and learn from them and keep going and keep making them because they're just feedback for me.
1: Exactly. Yeah. And that, that's the, the beauty of step four of the Ooh, process. Yeah, I'm
0: taking you through the process. I don't even know. Go oh, on, go the on. The beauty is,
1: <laughs> is actually that... Um, that level of awareness that you've gained, mm. the ability to forgive yourself yes, for not knowing what you didn't know.
0: Yes. You don't know, you don't know.
1: Right? Yeah. Um, having healed in step three uh, some of those false beliefs that you had about yourselves, mm-hmm. others in the world, mm-hmm. we can now go, okay, what agreements did I make that I need to let go of? Yes. Right? Whether that to be your fault to your former partner to yourself it's like old agreements they hold us hostage if mm. we're not careful so it's like what were they and they could be your vows yeah right so as i said we go into we go into the relationship or we go into the situation quite consciously yes make very clear vows mm. sometimes at a level of soul yes we need to look at those and offer them mm-hmm. to be released. Yeah. And then sometimes it also means we need to make an amends. Mm. In order for there to be a smooth transition to the next stage, sometimes we need to make an amends and sometimes that could be a really um yeah, it can be a real challenge.
0: Very humbling experience, yeah. I'm sure. Yeah.
1: Because, yeah. you know, whether that be You know, I'm going to bring back in, because I've got this passion about children being able to move through their lives well if they've come out of um, a separated relationship. Yes. So it might be that we need to consciously make an amends to our partner about how we Mm co-parent our children Mm -hmm. or how we run our business together or whatever it is in order to go, I'm honoring the past relationship. I'm honoring all that brought us together Mm. and we're moving forward in a way that we're not doing damage because we see when people don't do this work Mm. unintentionally and intentionally yes deep damage done yeah
0: just want to pick on one point you said and then I'm just going to ask you about uh the unconscious coupling in another realm, and so you spoke about making vows. Yeah, and you said sometimes soul vows. Mm-hmm. Can you speak to that? Because I, I want people to hear from you that distinction between making vows and then the
1: soul vows. What's mm-hmm. that? What's that nuance? Mm-hmm. So if, for me. If you are aware of our different layers of being, so we've talked already about body, heart, mind, and soul. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we can, you know, at a cognitive level go, okay. okay, I'm going to make this commitment. Sometimes it's at an even higher level, mm-hmm. and it's almost like you're making a, a pact for good forever, mm. right? And, you know, many of the vows that people make in religious ceremonies mm-hmm. or faith-based ceremonies are at that level, especially if you have um, a belief in spirit, or God. Mm-hmm. And if you're making vows at that level, know that they also need to be released at that level. Yes. Mm-hmm. So um, this is why I do the work that I do with people when I do the spiritual counseling. It's like where is this sitting in your energy? Mm -hmm. Is this sitting in the body? Is it sitting in the heart, the mind, the soul? Yes. It may be in all layers. Mm -hmm. And if so, we need to do that work. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Thank you. Love that. Just wanting to kind of go a little bit deeper there because I know know what's beneath the surface and I want you to kind of go there. So you spoke about... um, Business relationship, and you spoke about things like that. Could you speak a little bit to um, that process, and not to say that the process is different of conscious and coupling between this mm -hmm. romantic relationships or business? But I'd be curious to know about some examples there, because you mentioned, you know, you work together, whether it is partners working together or business partners working together, whatever it might be, and you know, either that the business needs to change, the old model is outdated, and that needs to shift, or the relationship as business partners need to come to an end. Yeah. How do you what are some of the things that you come across in that when it comes to that conscious uncoupling of the business?
1: Yeah, yeah. So it's it's the same process actually mm-hmm. because although the context is different what we're going through as human beings is the same. Mm-hmm. We're going through like we are going through a grieving process big motions are coming out maybe we can't even sit around the board table anymore right right yes can't stand to hear the other person's name <laughs> if there's uh, something going on right even though it's not romantic it's still relationship yes so we're going to have to go through this awareness of what's happening what what is our part in it mm-hmm. <laughs> What are our beliefs about ourselves, others in the world that we need to uncover? Mm -hmm. Mm. Do I need to forgive myself or them Mm -hmm. and make an amends in order for us to move through? Mm -hmm. And actually, what is our vision of the future? So that's step five, right? Nice, love it. What is our vision of the future and how are we going to be now? Mm -hmm. How are we going to communicate and articulate that to the world around us who are impacted by what is going to... What is going to happen mm-hmm. in a way that leaves us both whole, yes, as much as you can. You can't choose for another person, but no. as much as you can yeah,
0: but i I do feel that in working on you and working on the wholeness within you that it is um, unconsciously and energetically um, not necessarily transferred but felt mm. And I say this because for me, forgiveness is about that. It's not about the other person. It's about you. Um, and often in cases where I felt that forgiveness was needed and I worked on that in my own sanctuary, in mm-hmm. my own space, um, there was a releasing for the other. Yes. Yes. That had nothing to do with a conversation or a practical or conscious. Oh, by the way, I've forgiven you now. So because that's not what it's about. No. And so, so what you're saying, I I completely resonate with. In that, when you make those choices for yourself, because while you have no control over other, you do have control over the frequency and the resonance in which you decide to to sit with and live and move from. Yes, which is going to create a ripple effect because energy is is. Um, Endless And it's connected. We're not, we are separate individuals, but in terms of energy and understanding physics and how energy works in the world. I mean, we live on a vibrational planet. Everything is vibrational, which is why I love the working with sound because it's all vibrational and frequency. It, we you start to recognize all of those little webs that even though you think, okay, you're over there and I'm over here and you're different and I'm different. And this is like, well, you can make distinctions because they're needed. And, you know, there are differences in individuals. But in terms of energy, guess what? You and I are still connected whether you like it or not.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: And this is where the conscious uncoupling and then for me, the energy release is so important because it's not saying... I'm releasing you and cutting the cord, and we're never going to be um, we're never going to be connected. It's saying I release you from my little corner right here, or a vast corner. This is my space, and I release you from my space. But that connection is always there, whether it's con- conscious or unconscious. Yeah. That's certainly my understanding, my my belief in the research around all the work I'm doing has has brought up and shown.
1: Yeah. Um, the energy is never, it can't be destroyed, right? No. It only transforms. Yes. So if we know this, this connection Accent. has been here, right? Yeah. Okay. It's needing to transform. Yes. My part in transforming that is to own my peace. Yes. And to let you go.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And we know that we will be f- forever connected at some level. Yes but that can be from the highest broadest exactly. level exactly yes where all beings are connected yes right?
0: and i think wisdom comes into this so it's not the i forgive you so i go back into old patterns and i'm going to let you walk walk over me if that was the pattern because you know i've forgiven you that Mm-mm. that is a very um outdated isn't the word, um, surface way, I would say, of looking at forgiveness. Absolutely. You know? I think this is what most people think, which is why they go, but I can't forgive because they think, well, it's about the other. But it's like forgiveness is not about the other. No. no. And so in doing so, as you say, it is still using wisdom to know, I am not going to have you in my life. You are no longer going to be in my physical presence. But that connection, as you say, whatever, wherever you are, it's, it's just... It's just
1: nature. It is how it is. Yep, yep, yep. And, um, you know, for those, there are people that really struggle with the concept of forgiveness. And it's not an easy um, to understand or to do process. Mm. Mm. Um, What I would say, you know, I I do like that um, analogy is like um, it's not forgiving. Somebody is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. Yes. Yes right exactly so actually it's a it's a self full act mm-hmm. because you're seeing where this is disturbing you you're seeing how you're holding on to something that actually is not serving you anymore mm. and it takes deep courage to actually you know i do um, a practice where it's I'm really stepping into a place of forgiving myself for all the times I've hurt myself known or consciously or unconsciously by actions thoughts or speech so where have I hurt myself Mm -hmm. Wow and then to receive that forgiveness so I'm forgiven for that because I can forgive myself Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. And then owning all the all the times that I've hurt someone else, consciously or unconsciously, by actions, thought or speech. Mm-hmm. Ooh, that's a place to go to, isn't it? Mm-hmm. All the times that I've hurt somebody, even when I've not known it. Mm-hmm. Consciously or unconsciously, by action, thought, or speech, ooh, mm-hmm. I ask forgiveness, and I ask forgiveness in the level of really sending out that energy, yeah, and and knowing that's all I can do. Mm-hmm. And then, then once I've done those two bits, two thirds is about me, ooh. <laughs> Yeah.
0: (sighs) Yeah.
1: So for all the times that someone's hurt me, now I can look at others. Mm -hmm. All the times that someone's hurt me, known or knowing or consciously or unconsciously, by actions, thoughts, or speech, given all that I have, Mm. I can choose to forgive them. I, I forgive them.
0: Yeah.
1: And, um... For me, it shifts the energy of forgiveness because it always starts here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, um, you know, um, for those who come from a particular faith tradition, you can call on your highest self, you can call on spirit, you can call on God mm-hmm. to hold it all. Yeah. And for those that have no faith, you know, think about the nature, the natural process of that which comes into being and that which transforms and transmutes into another way of being naturally. Mm.
0: I love that. So that's a five-part process. Is mm. there a sixth?
1: What, with conscious uncoupling? Yes. So it's evolving love. It's not part of the process, but if um, if people choose to read the book, I've... Um, it's like what? What difference does this make to how we operate in the world, in love, in relationship? Mm-hmm. Um, and this is our own reflection. This is our own um, way of expanding from this being something that is then centered just centered on us. Yes, centered on our community yeah. and the wider world, and how we show up. Mm
0: yeah I love that. I think I mean, I know that there's a and i ca- I cannot remember uh the word to speak to it, but I know there is a practice like that very much in in mindfulness and Buddhism mm-hmm. in fact in my in my sound baths when i when I was doing them live anyway because we're I'm doing them online at the moment, but when I was doing those voice baths at the end of Um, And I know we did this in our sound healing as well. We created a wonderful energy and worked through everything and learned things for ourselves and worked on, did the inner work. And then at the end, we sent that out into the world. And I think that that is a, a really important practice, in fact. Recognizing and, you know, talking about that inner work, that inner world, you, and starting here, but it doesn't end here. No. Right? And that comes back to the connection that... We cannot. Um, we can never really completely cut that 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 energetic um, connection with other, and therefore that release and that vibration and frequency and being, especially intentionally or consciously sending it outward, to how now can I impact other? I think it's really powerful. Yeah, absolutely. It's really powerful. I think it's a piece that's often ignored. And I think it's something that needs to happen more. So often I say this, we have people who give, 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 do, do, do for everybody else and forget about themselves sometimes. We have the opposite where it's all about the inner work. I'm making sure all of this is going on with me and healing. And then it's not not put outward. And both are important. Yeah.
1: Well, it's not balanced or... um, Yeah, it's not balanced or in harmony. Yeah,
0: yeah. You know,
1: we have... um, we have the gift of relationship. Mm. And, you know, I think, as I said, I, put that, I had this wider context of, of young people and those that come after us. Whether we have children or not, it, it's not that. Yes. It's, it's our community. You still
0: have children in your, in your, in your field, you, right? Yes, of course.
1: And um, who will have relationships. And what they're seeing will, um, will impact Mm -hmm. how they operate and for me this is why i feel like you know it's got it's got its its title conscious uncoupling but it it could be another title um for me it's about being in relationship and releasing relationships once they've ended well
0: yeah that in a nutshell
1: yeah yeah really yes um and and actually, I think I really feel that it's a unique opportunity for us to grow, grow through relationship, mm. um, and to send out a message in the world for those that are coming after us mm-hmm. that relationships are, you know, there's this whole uh, reason, season, lifetime, right? Um, and I think that having that parameter around it also helps so it's like it's not a failure for a relationship to end
0: yeah of course
1: Yes, yeah. there's a, a natural cycle mm. in a process and when we honor that yes it, it frees us up mm. we can go we can have a divorce party if we want right absolutely why not <laughs> or we can have a ceremony which says you know which i think is a really beautiful thing it's it's often as part of um the conscious uncoupling process people have a ceremony or a ritual and if you have s- uh, some way of communicating to your family to your um friends mm-hmm. to your colleagues that there has been a shift in the relationship and that's all they need to know really there's been a shift in it and that we're doing all right
0: yeah
1: right how much angst would that
0: yeah
1: like release of from of the course, world yes <laughs> Yes. And, and and unfortunately our legal systems are set up to promote friction. Yeah.
0: <laughs> That's very, very true.
1: It's combative, it's you know competitive, it's um adversarial, unnecessarily. And And, we can choose to do something else. Yeah,
0: and you're rewarded for coming together and somewhat punished for coming apart. Absolutely. So there is that, um, that is systemic. That's something that we're unconsciously being fed. And it's really an important um, thing to acknowledge. Mm -hmm. Right now, especially.
1: Definitely. Especially, I think... um, one of the things about um, being in lockdown when we're recording this is that a lot of people have had a lot of time mm. together and to think about whether their relationships are right or not. Yeah. Yeah. Right? So should somebody be in a place or a position of thinking, actually, I really need to do this. I need to look at this because I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Doing conscious uncoupling is one way of working through Yes, whether it is right or not and actually you can do it even if you've even if you want to give yourself the chance of staying in relationship because what you could be doing is uncoupling from the old dynamic mm-hmm. right so there's something that's not working here let's uncouple from the old dynamic let's see what isn't working what we need to shift and change in order for there to be a new era
0: I think that's a really important, um, distinction. I, I often say when I talk about my own personal relationship, um, with my husband, I always talk about, uh, I think the reason, one of the main reasons that we're still together and happily so today is because of that communication at different points in our relationship where we can say what was, is no longer working. Yes, And that doesn't mean, okay, then we split up and move on. Then mm-hmm. it means can we come together and work on and, and we don't all, we're not always in the same place of course with it. So it's the openness and willingness to listen. Yeah. to deep, listen deeply to someone else, because as you spoke about wanting to be heard and wanting to be understood, that is fundamentally a human right and a human need. And so with that, The the communication of this is no longer working as it was because you often hear people say, Yeah, but you know, when we were first together, you used to do this, or we, I used to do this for you, and then it's like, Well, you grow, you change, you evolve. It doesn't make one less important now, it means that your needs have changed, my needs have changed. How can we support each other in the new evolving um, versions of ourselves? Definitely. And I didn't actually think about that as the conscious and coupling of situation throughout the, the relationship but in fact that's exactly what it is yes it's like we don't we don't want to be this couple anymore
1: yeah new one this is the
0: new couple that we are <laughs> yeah. and now we're existing from here and then okay and now and there's this lovely sweet spot of that as well it's not always easy I'm not saying sweet spot as in oh this is lovely let's change what we were mm-hmm. but I, I call it a sweet spot because it's 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 uncomfortable yes but I know that that's where the growth happens. So I relish in it now in that oh it's oh, this discomfort I know what's coming on the other side of this. Yeah. Um and so I think it's a really it's wonderful to actually think about it in the span of a relationship even a long-term healthy relationship those Conscious and coupling moments yes. that create the evolution of the new.
1: Well, that's what it's we beautiful. always used to say over the twenty-seven years. Yeah, uh, me and my former husband used to do that. Yes, that navigation. That's how we lasted so long. Yeah, of course. Right. Yeah. So it's like we always used to say, you know, well, there's been lots of little mini divorces mm-hmm. where we've evolved from one state of being into another yep. consciously, mm. and it's just that at that period of time where we did our last review, it was like ah. Oh, okay, this is complete. Yes. It's not a mini divorce now. This is yeah, complete. Yeah, this is it. Yeah. yeah. And the, I, I think there's great humility in that. Mm-hmm. A, a lot of work needed in it. Yeah. and And it's possible.
0: Mm.
1: You know, I know that um, there'll be listeners who are like, okay, yeah, right. You know, because when Conscious Uncoupling first came out, and I'll name it, you know, it was um, made in the popular lexicon through yes. um, Gwyneth Paltrow and Chris Martin, right? Right, that's right. And a lot of people were like, well, that's okay for them.
0: Yeah, it's just yeah, another celebrity Yeah, thing. they can do that, right?
1: <laughs> I'm like, no, this this is for us mm-hmm. all. Yes. Um, because it enables us to leave relationship and move forward in, in a way that is healthy and whole. And there aren't lots of models for this, right? Mm, Yeah. (laughs) Yes. We've got one that can work, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And if people are in the place of going, I wonder if it'd be possible to do this, the worst that could happen is you get the book and you read it and it gives you some ideas, right? Yes. The best that could happen is that actually you manage to navigate through what is a very challenging, probably the most stressful process for most people in their life. Mm. Because, you know, with a bereavement, you know it's final. Yes. With a divorce or a separation, the same person keeps coming in and out of your life in a way that you don't want them to be, Mm -hmm. right? Or you didn't want them to be. Yes. So it's like. It can either be a repeated wounding or it can be a healing and a call to wholeness.
0: Mm -hmm. I love that. A call to wholeness. Mm. Love, love, love that. How do you look after yourself? You know, you do a lot of work. I love to ask people who work in the transformative field and the healing work that you do, how you look after you. What are the self-care rituals that you have in place for your own health and healing?
1: Yeah. So um me time mm-hmm. so sacred space time where i um really nourish myself on all levels mm. um i i had a, a near death experience 18 months ago wow. and my um my digestive system completely shut down and i was not in a very good place and had 4 weeks in hospital and it was very Touch and go mm-hmm. and um, what that process did was give me a whole new level of respect for my body mm-hmm. in terms of what I put in her, how I um, look after and nourish her as a foundational home mm-hmm. so um although I was pretty good yeah um, it's really. Reaffirm to me how important it is for me to persuade the body first.
0: <laughs>
1: mm-hmm.
0: Persuade the body, yeah.
1: Um, no matter what I want to do up here, unless my body is well, yeah. she will bring me down. Right. And not because she's malicious, but because she needs looking after. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, optimal nutrition... Water, exercise, sleep.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, As non negotiables, right? (laughs) Yeah. Absolutely. Let's hope so. (laughs) But for many people, that's not the case, right? Of course. We've got an idea of how we should be. Mm. And, you know, whether that be work, our family, da 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 da, da, we, we can put ourselves, our body, down the line. Yeah. But she will let us know. Yeah.
0: Without a doubt.
1: Yeah.
0: It's like, uh, hello. Hello. Um, I did say that I was tired. Why haven't you listened yet? Mm. Now I'm ill. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. So please rest. Sorry. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> and, you know, this is after decades of doing this work, right? Yeah. Yeah, of course. So, you know, I think, again, the call to humility around it is like, okay, girlfriend, you can know all this stuff, but until you truly apply it
0: mm-hmm.
1: consistently and prioritize it, is not very valuable, right? Yeah, Knowledge not applied.
0: Yes, exactly. I see there's a very big difference in having skin in the game Ooh, than yeah. reading the book and spouting what you've read. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I think that everyone has to look at that mm. in whatever field they are. Yeah. Um, and... Or hold their hand up and say, I don't know this from experience, I'm just spouting it from a book. That's okay too, because sometimes knowledge can (laughs) be passed on that way. But when you are doing the work that we do, yes, I mean, a lot of people say to me, you know, you seem to have everything all together. And I'm like, I'm so (laughs) glad you think that. Yes, I have it all together. No, I actually use the tools that I teach. I, I go into meditation if I'm feeling unsettled, stressed, whatever life is throwing at me, I do the stuff that I promote for others to do. I sound it out. I go into a moment. I cry if I need to. Um, I laugh. I do all those things because I know how important it is to, you know, to do the work yeah to do the inner work so that in that then ripple effect that we're wanting to create and in the service that we want to provide we're coming from a much more embodied place Mm. and I think that is for me a a very important part of the work that I do it's all
1: about the embodiment of it so the other thing that I do for joy for my body is to dance
0: Yes, I did see something. I saw something. I don't yeah, know if it was on groove, social media. Yeah. You're doing some grooving stuff. Love
1: it. <laughs> yeah. For me, um, I've been a long-term yoga practitioner. Okay. And that's been really useful for me. It's been useful in my recovery if I've been ill. It's been really useful in terms of maintenance. Yes. You know, I remember once having. I um, had a, an abdominal um, operation, was unable, in, unable to move, so I did like energy um, energy release technique practices, mm-hmm. wind-releasing techniques with the joints from my, my bed, my recovery. And that enabled me to recover really well, right? Mm. So this uh, use of the somatic has been incredible for me over decades, mm-hmm. right? Mm. And I've always been a dancer, but actually bringing the body and the heart together in the dance... Through the groove has been an amazing process for me of um, bringing deep joy and pleasure into the somatic work. Mm -hmm. And um, I've used it myself, I use it myself every day. I dance every day. I, I do some posture, some yoga work as well. But actually, I have to say, don't tell anyone. But, <laughs> don't tell anyone. but the dance yeah. has it's kind of like it's it's freed my soul through my body oh, nice. and um and i love it and i love sharing it it's brilliant
0: Oh, I love that. So that's I love, how I really look I after love dancing, I love moving, and you know, I love singing as you know, and sounding. It's just those those releases are so powerful. Um, but we do have something in common. Go on. Both coming from Barbados. Yeah. And all. I mean, you have to move.
1: <laughs> you just gotta move. <laughs> I got I gotta reference my mother here. <laughs> yes. Reference my So my my Bayesian mother who um is like 18 next year.
0: And, and
1: she's, she's just like, still. <laughs> I love it. But of course. So much juice in that body, right? And I'm like, okay, I, I got it in me. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's just <laughs> <laughs> that is it. So that's how I look after myself in the body. Um, for my heart and my mind, I'm a firm believer in having um, a family of support. Mm. So these are beloved friends, mentors, teachers, peers, yes. who I'm able to be completely at ease with, mm-hmm. who I choose, who I love and who love me, yeah. where I can get some support and some therapy if I need, where yes. I can get a hug. Yes. Um, and I prioritize that in my life.
0: Beautiful.
1: Yeah. Because for me, relationship is important. It's crucial um, and the ability to be heard to listen mm-hmm. to reflect mm-hmm. um, is really essential and um, for me also for my spirit prayer meditation daily reflection mm-hmm. being held supported connecting with nature
0: Yes, nature is wonderful, isn't it?
1: Yeah, so we beautiful. We are nature. And we, we, need are to, nature. Yeah, yeah. we
0: need to really keep reconnecting and connecting with ourselves and that which we are.
1: Yes, remembering that actually we are never disconnected. disconnected. Yeah, it's the forgetting. This is the thing mm-hmm. where we are. Maybe it's by nature we are forgetful, right? Yeah, <laughs> she 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 is a comedian and (laughs) I'm I'm like oh yes we are this (laughs) wait hang on no
0: wait are we yeah actually yeah you are you are part of nature you are nature and in that recognition there is no disconnect but as you said it's coming back to that remembrance of it and celebration of it yeah yeah yeah, definitely yeah I love that Oh, this conversation is so wonderful. I could sit and speak with you for hours and hours, but I'm going to pause here and just hold a space for you in gratitude for all the wonderful work that you are doing, Um, you know, to help people transform pain into reclaiming their power and a lot of the wonderful work that I know you're doing out there in the world. So I I acknowledge you. I love you. I'm so honored to, to know you. Um, and I'm so excited to see the next steps of your journey with all the wonderful things that you've been and difficult things that you've been going through mm-hmm. and transforming for yourself. Thank you. So Just so much love for you, sis. I really, really appreciate and value you and love you. Thank you. And I want to ask you, what is your soulful sound
1: to the Mm. world?
0: A prayer or desire that you wish upon the world?
1: So a prayer or desire that I wish upon the world is that we are able to drop into the vast ocean that is the heart space and then we can drop into this space and from this space we can move down into the body and connect with the earth beneath our feet and we can move up from the heart through the mind to the soul and we can see that we are all connected and that we all have our place here our unique contribution to make Mm. our gift.
0: Mm. Thank you so much.
1: You are welcome.
0: Mm. (laughs) Thanks so much for tuning in. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. Please feel free to share it with your friends and remember to subscribe. From my heart to yours, sending you love, love, healing and sound wherever you are.